My name is Marina Vasquez, and I'm from Austin, originally from the Rio Grande Valley. At the border? Yes, down in South Texas. Okay. I wanted to ask you about what concerns you today regarding your city, your country, I guess. Oh, boy. It's um, a big question, I guess. Is there big one question. thing that, that is on your mind? Big question that I think has worn down a lot of us, worn down our souls, worn down our our hope, um, but what really triggers me to get out there and do something is the abuse of children. Uh, I've been a pediatric nurse for 34 years, and uh, my entire lifetime I have always assessed and witnessed and monitored potential child abuse. And with the children in being interned in these prison camps, I can't call it anything else but child abuse. I heard that you saw this firsthand. You're not just talking about what you've read. You were at these camps. Yes. Um, last year when I heard um, Senator Jeff Merkley when I read about him being down at Casa Padre in Brownsville, which is my territory down in the Rio Grande Valley, um, I was appalled to know that all these children were being kept at this um, prior Walmart down in Brownsville, Texas. And, um, and then to know that he was not allowed as a congressman, he was not allowed into the facility at all. That's not right, because they are our congresspersons, and they have every right to be able to go in and inspect and especially monitor for the um, how tr children are treated and any potential abuse that they may encounter. They, they're obligated to report. Same as myself, as a pediatric nurse, I'm obligated to report child abuse. And this is what I see rampantly going on in our country in these internment prisons, just by the fact that they are taken away from their parents and put into the jail system, into the prison system. That's an atrocity. And to me, that's psychological abuse of children. That's emotional abuse. Many times physical abuse. And it's torture. It's torture of the children. And I, I don't understand why more people are not coming out in such humongous numbers to fight this, even though a lot of them are. Mm -hmm. um, anyway, going back to the story of Senator Merkley, I couldn't sleep for about five days. I was not sleeping at all. Extremely nervous, extremely upset, but I, but what? I had found out, and especially down in my hometown area, and um, I knew I had to do something. So that's when I started visiting the detention centers, children's detention centers, and um, I went down to the Rio Grande Valley, which I had been doing for 40-some years, visiting my mom before she passed away, and um, concentrating on going to the uh, 
detention centers down in the valley, physically going and seeing them and finding out where they were, um, so many of them being run by Southwest Key. That's a Southwest Key is um, the organization that runs a lot of the detention children's detention centers, especially in the Rio Grande Valley and throughout the um, several other states. The director, the CEO of the company who stepped down recently, um, is uh, Juan Sanchez, and he was born in Brownsville, Texas, or he's from Brownsville, Texas, um, a Latino man um, making millions and millions off incarcerating children who look just like me and who look just like him. The cruelty and the greed of the money is what I don't understand. So that's when I really started going to places, and I've been to Tornillo, um, which was in El Paso area, mm -hmm. in the Chihuahuan Desert, and um, other of the children's detention centers, which I call internment prisons. Mm -hmm. um, and you saw it. You, you yes, I was. I I've never been allowed inside. Of course, mm -hmm. it's very hard to go inside. But I slept in my car outside Tornillo, twenty six degree weather. I'm not a cold weather person at all. I'm from South Texas, mm -hmm. and um, I went during the um, holidays and on Christmas Eve. I just had this tremendous need to be there with the children. I don't know what it was. I just couldn't stay away from them. I didn't want to go get a hotel room. I needed to be there with them in spirit and uh, just feel the pain that I felt of the surrounding area. And um, so we were there at Tornillo. I was there uh, over 10 days. and. Um, and then I continued to travel to different areas, uh, different children's internment camps. Being um, Homestead, Florida, I was out there in um, Fort Sill, Oklahoma, which was supposed to open as a children's detention center. And um, there was so much protest there and so many indigenous groups and so many people of color that joined together as a big protest. We had um, a beautiful gathering of indigenous peoples and uh, Buddhist monks and Japanese Americans who were grown up now and had been children in the previous detention center that was there at Fort Sill and during World War II at, um, at Crystal City, uh, Texas. And um, just a gathering and the, the strength that I felt within that group was something I hadn't felt in a long time in all the gatherings that I have been at, at mm -hmm. protesting at the children's uh, internment prisons. I've been, like I said, at most of the places holding children down in the Rio Grande Valley in South Texas. And uh, Garrizo Springs was also supposed to open just south of San Antonio. 
and it opened for a little while, and then it it's, hasn't closed completely. What I understand is that they're going to bring children back. Um, and Homestead finally closed recently, but only it closed only because of the hurricane weather. They had previously not had a hurricane plan to evacuate these children, so there was a big uproar about that. Um, that hurricane season was coming, and they had no plan to protect the children. We understand that it's on hold for when hurricane season is over, and they will start bringing the children back. The other place that I just recently read about yesterday was that in my hometown area in, in the Rio Grande Valley in Raymondville, Texas, they're opening another children's person uh, that will hold 500 children. And their rationale is that it will boost the economy. That is the rationale. It will boost the economy. It will bring 600 jobs to the town and um, it will hold 500 innocent children. Why is it allowed? Why why are children of brown color of less value than any other child? That's what angers me. That's what infuriates me. Just so many things happening like that that I have to keep going. I have to keep going. If this is the last thing I ever do. I think I have served my purpose on this earth. You can take a minute if you want. Do you think that those in charge of these places, whether the government officials or these institutions, do you think they're listening to you and the others who want these places shut down? Whether they're listening to us? Yeah. I don't think so. I think, I think that you have to have a certain heart for compassion or not understand at all what compassion is about. And uh, like I said, a lot of what drives many of these people operating these, up, these centers is greed outright greed, um, money-making machines. Uh, they consider, they see that there is a business in detaining children and families too, but uh, especially the children. I don't understand why Congress is not rebelling more because they all have children or grandchildren, nephews and nieces. How can they not feel for a child? And um, I've heard the argument that, you know, many of them will do anything they can for their own children. But what kind of a person are you if you can't feel the pain of another child? What kind of person are you? If you think it's okay to do this to these children, they're innocent. Their parents have 
every right to seek asylum. It's any inhumanity and, and, and injustice that we are doing in this country to the children and to the parents, too. Um, I just came back from... Uh, I go down to the Rio Grande Valley a lot because my family's still down there. Mm-hmm. I have um, been to the Humanitarian Respite Center in McAllen, Texas, and have taken donations. Every trip I go which is often I try to take donations and also I work, I volunteer as a nurse down, down there. Mm-hmm. We were seeing uh, between 400 to 1,000 people a day at the shelters down in the Rio Grande Valley. Two weekends ago, one Saturday afternoon, we had two people, a father and a son. And this has come about since the uh, migrant protection protocol, the remain in Mexico policy. All these families are being processed. They, they come in, they ask for asylum, they're processed, put in the yeleras, which are the, the freezers of um, detention, the detention centers. And they're called yeleras, freezers, because it's so cold in there. The temperature is so, so cold. And uh, so this is what they have been named uh, by the people coming in, the yeleras, which is a refrigerator, basically, and uh, the perreras, which are the cages. You'll hear those words tossed around and referred to as to where they have been detained, especially in McAllen at the Ursula Detention Center and in El Paso. Um, I was naming several of the places I had also been to at the children's centers. And I've been to El Paso area also, Clint, Texas. Just anywhere that I hear of that there's a children's detention center I'll work a little bit and uh, save up my money and then make a trip and then work a little bit more. And uh, that's been my life for the last two years. And uh, I do have a son. He's 20. And he's at home with me, so he's kind of on his own right, you know, for the last two years, which he's been very supportive Mm -hmm. and understands where where mom is coming from. I'm a Latina, daughter of immigrant parents from Mexico. They are both deceased now. And my drive is to make my parents proud that their daughter is doing something for the children because they were very loving parents, very caring of all children. Didn't matter who you were. And uh, that's the legacy they brought to me and the legacy I want to leave my child And I cannot understand how adults can't feel for the children. Like I said, many of them do, and I am so grateful that they're out there witnessing and protesting and visiting Congress and raising the voices of the children. I am so grateful. But there are so many who look away and uh, because this is hard, this is hard work. Most of us are volunteers. 
it takes a drain on your soul. It really does, and on your heart, and on your body. Not to mention our our mental state, because it's it's a lot of tears. Hopefully, a lot of us can recognize when we need to step back and take care of ourselves, regroup, rebreathe, and get back out there. And thank goodness that so many of us are out there trying to do the best we can for these families. Uh, they're my familia, my family, and that's my drive. So you saw the numbers of people who were trying to come over from the border, right? Yes, recently, two weekends ago, I saw the numbers of people who have already been processed with asylum requests. They have uh, reached the border in the United States. And I did notice, um, since January, I noticed that Coming back from Mexico, because I walk across, I don't drive my car across because the lines are, are so long to come back. Mm -hmm. So walking back across the border, I notice that the immigration agents are farther out into the uh, walkways. They're not where they used to be before mm -hmm. in the U.S. side, but they're along the pathway, the walkways, monitoring us, asking us for IDs. Uh, for a birth certificate, any ID that will designate to them that we're American citizens uh, or th with our passport. But they're really going out into the walkway into the Mexico area or territory, mm -hmm. um, asking those questions instead of waiting at the right at the point. Why is that happening? Do you know? Or? I'm presuming that it's because they want to really keep anyone from reaching that point where they can seek asylum. Okay. That's what I have read, that's what I understand, okay. and that's what I have observed. And you grew up there, you've crossed the border a lot, right? It wasn't all the like, time, yeah. It wasn't like that? Oh no, not at all. Um, we used to go deep into Mexico uh, and travel, and this is very different now. Um, like I was saying, there were hardly any people at the shelters on the American side down in the Rio Grande Valley, and I hear the same thing is happening in El Paso area and Laredo area. Just in the last... In the um, last four weeks okay. since uh, the MPP Remain in Mexico policy came through. Mm -hmm. uh, four to six weeks is what I hear. Mm -hmm. uh, they're all on the other side in Mexico waiting at the international bridges, just past the international bridges. We encountered 500 people, about 500 people, two weekends ago, hungry, with no place to stay, mm -hmm. uh, children in their worst state. People, volunteers along the border states are doing everything they can to cross over and bring them food, mm -hmm. bring them water, they don't have water. So they it's don't volunteers. have it's volunteers. Volunteers. It's all volunteers. Uh, 
There are some shelters that are in Mexico, but they're very limited. Uh, in Brownsville, uh, in Matamoros, across from Brownsville, I understand there are two shelters, and they're packed. In Reynosa, across from McAllen, Texas, there's one shelter, and it's packed. Uh, same thing happening in El Paso and Nuevo Laredo. Very mm -hmm. limited. Uh, Ciudad Juarez, across from El Paso, Nuevo Laredo, across from Laredo, Texas. Very limited number of shelters. So the people are waiting by the bridges, hoping that someone will, will help feed them and help them. Yeah. A lot of them have their return to court dates, months in October, November, December. Mm -hmm. And they're supposed to wait there on the streets all these months in burning hot weather, sleeping on burning cement, waiting for their court dates. And, you know, they're, they're being as strong as they can be. It's a, it's a very sad environment, mm -hmm. uh, especially seeing the, for me, it was very hard seeing the children, the little ones, mothers with babies, with all kinds of rashes on them. They have no hygiene assistance. We went to take food. There are volunteer groups that take food to feed them. I started doing some nursing while I was there. We had limited medical supplies. I ran into a lot of children uh, suffering from rashes, from heat rash, from ulcers, from uh, adults with horrible foot ulcers. Um, leg ulcers um, and there's so much help needed and um, and they're all tossed back into the Mexican border and and many of them are being bused farther away from the border down into Monterrey Mexico which is about um, three four hour drive from from the border from the South Texas border, and also as far as Chiapas, Mexico, which is the border of Guatemala. I don't know how they're expected to be returned or to get make their way back to face their court dates in the United States when they have no money, mm -hmm. no uh, travel expenses, no support, mm -hmm. and immigration lawyers are very limited. Uh, especially down in the Rio Grande Valley um, and at the border crossings. So uh, it's a situation where we, we can't just allow them or leave them to fend for themselves. There's, there's goodness. There's a lot of goodness. We just need to remember to look past all the, the rubbish that's out there in trying to keep these families and these children out of this country sure. and focus on regrouping and, and helping them. One final thing, you say we, because you are with other people, it's not just you alone. Who, who else uh, are you working with? I travel on my own down okay. to the border. Um, yeah. Your family's there, so... 
families, friends. There's a lot of organizations that are uh, all along the border, the border towns, and I know several of them in different areas, uh, starting with Team Brownsville down in the Rio Grande Valley, Angry Diaz and Abuelas down there also uh, doing tremendous work. The Humanitarian Respite Center, which was a shelter in McAllen that was housing, uh, helping about a thousand people a day. Um, and then there's other shelters that have been uh, established on the American side of uh, Laredo and Del Rio, El Paso, so many organizations. Uh, Border Support Network in, um, in uh, El Paso. Um, so people can just look at the local town or whatever Yes, they have yes, to. and help out. And, okay. and, or just look up uh, assistance to immigrants and, and they'll see mm-hmm. different organizations, especially the border towns are in so much need of help. Um, especially in gathering food for um, our brothers and sisters and our children that are waiting over there to seek asylum, to get that asylum court date granted. Um, I, I don't like referring them to the people or those people. I hate that. I consider them my people, mi familia, uh, and especially the children. I mean, whatever you can do to out there to help out, to take care of the children, the mothers, the babies, uh, so, so greatly appreciated. <laughs>